Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Okay, welcome back. We hope you've enjoyed part one of our discussion we've been having with Reed Mahalko from Read About Sex. And now up is part two, and it is our Great Sex Matters segment. So we hope you enjoy it as much as you enjoyed part one. So have you been fantasizing about threesomes, foursomes, and moresomes? Wondering how the dynamics work with multiple partners all at the same time? What about the rules, special considerations, and secret signs that might be needed to ensure everyone has a a great fucking time? Well, on today's show, we're going to get into how to experience group sex while maintaining a strong and healthy relationship without jealousy. We're also going to cover some fun ways to spice up your sex life with some simple kinky moves like spanking, choking, and maybe even some sensation play as we discuss rough sex for nice folks. Mm, That's the way we play. We're nice folks and uh, we don't do rough sex very often, but I'm really interested to hear our guests talk all about it today. But first, before we get into the show, we need to take care of some business and talk about our top waterproof blanket because nobody wants to sleep in the wet spot and squirt is hot until it's not. So if you're fed up with sleeping in the wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof and guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils to silicone lubes or any other sexy wetness, you just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. Search on Amazon for top waterproof blanket and order yours today. Great sex starts now. It sure does. And so does part two of the amazing discussion we've been having with Reed Mahalko, sex educator from Read About Sex. You know who we are. We are Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. And in this segment, we're going to get very personal with Reed and ask him about his open relationship... And perhaps we'll talk a little bit about our swinger life as well. <laughs> but first, let's get into Reed's uh, whole concept where he talks about dating your species. Dating your species is a concept that I came up with as I was figuring out who I was sexually um, and trying to figure out, like, how do I be this promiscuous, slutty human being, um, but also not have people angry at me all the time? And the first wave of the aha moment was like, okay, I I think I'm non-monogamous, so I shouldn't date monogamous people because when I fall in love with monogamous people, and I was really good at monogamy, but like I just wanted to to also have sex with other people, and so it was really fucking with their, their ideas of monogamy and people were mad at me. So when I started dating people who weren't monogamous, less people were mad at me, but then I had to figure it out that every once in a while there'd be non-monogamous people who are still mad at me. So what's going on? <laughs> Basically, what what dating your species, the idea is about, it answers the question, why do we fall in love with good people who are horrible fits for us? And the old messaging is if you fall in love with a good person or you're partnered with a good person, you never leave them. Because why would you leave a good person? And that's kind of like great grandparent type stuff. Like you got had an arranged marriage, 
They're a decent human being. They don't beat you. They don't drink away the family fortune. Why would you leave them? And old, you know, relationship advice was never really about happiness. You were just supposed to be happy that you were partnered with a decent person. Right. And that old advice is still running underneath the surface for our modern relationships. So how dating your species applies to non-monogamy is like, who do you want to be? How do you want to love that makes you the happiest? And are you dating somebody who also wants a relationship like that? Are they your species? So in the polyamory world, like, it's not that, that you know, like swingers and poly people can have a thriving relationship, but it's kind of like a tiger and a lion making a, a liger. Right. <laughs> but, but if you're a swinger um, or you're poly, like definitely dating somebody who's monogamous might cause you some friction, mm -hmm. might cause some problems. So like it's not that it can happen. You know, monogamous people can – it is possible to, to have a relationship with a non-monogamous person. But it's a very it's a very particular set of needs and how you navigate that. Mostly, the the simpler thing is, if you're non-monogamous, what kind of non-monogamy are you, and are you dating that? It's like if you're a jazz musician, and you meet another jazz musician, then the next question is, what kind of jazz? So are you are you partnering with somebody who likes the same kind of jazz? music love and relationships and sex comes through them in a similar way so that you're not arguing about about the jazz you want to listen to but you're in agreement and it doesn't have to be a perfect fit but it's got to be it works better when it's in the ballpark right. in in the lifestyle there's the conversations about like well what how do you swing like what what kinds of scenarios make you the happiest, right? Like for you guys, you already mentioned, like it's a big pile of naked bodies, like, and where people are kind of, you know, can handle, um, you know, penises, you know, d dudes, you know, who can handle penises being around each other. Right. right? Um, you know, like it's, so it's, it's like you start to dial it in and start to really get clear on here are the things I really like. Here are the things that really make my life easier. What do you like? Sometimes we don't know because we haven't explored it yet. So you have to go out and explore things. And then when you figure out what you like and your partner figures out what they like, like where do you guys overlap? And then where you overlap is where I would put most of the focus. You know, if there, if there are things like you both love swinging, but your partner likes to be, you know, choked and slapped around, but that's not really your turn on. Well, focus on the swinging and then figure out how can you to explore and get uh, your other sexual needs and fantasies met in ways that honor and strengthen the relationship. Mm -hmm. Makes right, sense. Right, yeah, right. absolutely. So I'm, I want to move into open relationships and swinging and talk a little bit about your relationship and our relationship. And, you know, it was, it was great that you brought up that, you know, everybody has their own way of doing their own thing sexually. So, for example... Carol and I are swingers. We have basically one rule, and that's we play together. We like playing next to each other. We like being able to touch each other. We like hearing each other. Um, but we have friends who play in separate rooms, and that's okay. You know, whatever works for the other person um, and the other couple to strengthen their couple is good for them. And, you know, during the show, we've spoken about all different types of sexuality. And, 
you know, as swingers, we always say there's three rules. Ask first, no means no, and if you don't get an enthusiastic yes, it means no. However, you know, I think based on our discussions today, those three rules apply to almost anything sexually. Mm-hmm. Yep, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree, and that's that's like, in the like communication. When you start to, and when you start to figure out like what your basic protocols are as a couple, then you kind of have. It's not going to apply to every situation. There's always going to be exceptions somewhere that we haven't figured out. That's mm-hmm. why it's an exception. And it's going to surprise us because you didn't figure it out because how would you have known to figure it out beforehand? <laughs> right. That's why we don't hold things against each other when those things happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's a learning curve surprise. That's a like, oh, shit, honey, we forgot to figure that out because we didn't know it was even there. Exactly. So like there's there's the building the tools to be like, ooh, shit, didn't. We didn't know that yet. And that's, you know, loving and learning together. Um, And then where you find the things that are really working for you, you know, lean into it. Like, like for you two, like, like if I can ask you a question on your own show, like what was the biggest mistake you two made early on that you figured out? Like if, if you could tell yourself something, go back in time and give yourself a freebie, what would have been the thing that you, you wished you could have learned sooner and what was the mistake associated with it? Um, I think, and I probably still make the same mistake because I'm a guy and we don't necessarily always learn from our mistakes, but it's about being caught up in the moment and doing something that we didn't talk about in advance and having a great time not knowing that your partner's sitting there not having a great time. Mm-hmm. Got it. Carol, what about you? I think we learned very quickly early on that um, I didn't like to be left alone with David not in the same room as me. I'm sure it's, I was still safe and I was all fine, but I was much more comfortable with him right beside me. So we did learn that early on and we corrected that we stopped separating. Even Yeah, if that doesn't safe. happen anymore. So we say same room, same bed, same pile, and that's how we like to play. That's great. And that's, you know, and that's wonderful that you both figure that out and that that's a place where where the things for you overlap and Mm -hmm. it's really strong and a win-win for both of you so so the way like the way that i talk about it for folks around dating your species and if people want to want to watch a little teaser video about that they can go to readaboutsex.com forward slash species it'll go more into it but it's like what are the win-wins like around group sex, like what are the things that are win-wins for both of you that work really well for both of you? And just group sex is just easier when it's like, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then like, what are those bottom lines or those deal breakers that really don't work? Like those are great places to start to kind of start mapping out what works and what doesn't. Um, and, and as you start to figure that out, um, you know, play in those spots where you know lean into the Mm win-wins and again like just it's not about more evolved like you wouldn't be more evolved swingers if you could be in separate rooms like that's the wrong question right 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 it's not about evolution what's evolved is that you do the things you like and you get permission to not do the things you don't like like that's evolved and that's kind of how my partner allison and sorry go ahead yeah, go ahead. That's kind of how couples create their own rules by trying and failing and seeing, oh, yeah, that's the right place for me. And then they kind of create their own rules within that context, just like you said. And this is what's why it's so great to have community, right? Like in the lifestyle, like you get to talk to people and be like, so what works for you? Like, what did you guys learn? What's the mistake that you wish you, you know, you could have you could have learned ahead of time and not done? Like it's, it's about skill sharing 
and and group think and then you learn from other people's mistakes and then you know like somebody new to the lifestyle would be like oh wait a minute you, you mean we can be in the same room like like i get to ask for that mm-hmm. whereas before you think you have to be some like evolved partner that never gets jealous and lets your other partner do whatever they want like you start to have these conversations and talk to other people around what they've learned and now all of a sudden you can copy and paste and mm-hmm. get new ideas from each other mm-hmm. You know, with with Allison and I, um, we're both queer, like we're not straight, um, and we're both polyamorous. So I, you know, for me, I, I identify as a queer polyamorous slut. <laughs> what that means is, like, slut wise, I just love people, and I love trying things and exploring things, and I love group sex. So like, I can hang and roll with with people in the lifestyle really well. Like I've I've learned the the cultural you know, um, practices and, and I've learned the lingo so that like I can speak conversational swinger and I can play in group s- scenarios with, with, with folks in the lifestyle and have a really fun time and leave everybody feeling honored and, and, um, and respected. And also for me personally, it would be so hard for me to not fall in love with some people. So for me, my life is easier if I'm in relationships where it's okay for me to fall in love with with people other than just my primary partner, which also meant I had to find a primary partner who was okay with that as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when Allison and I met and figured out like that we might really be into each other and really be a good fit for each other, like it was a slow process even though it felt like a whirlwind, you know, crazy romance. But like we were having really specific conversations and, you know, my partner, Allison, we teach a workshop called slut, slut light because she's more <laughs> slut light. And I'm like heavy, heavy on the slut. Okay. But like when we're at a play party and Allison's full because she's also an introvert, she's a high functioning introvert. Like she just she just goes upstairs and reads a comic book or something. And then like other people are like, what's where's Allison? Like, is everything okay? And I'm like, she's upstairs reading a comic book. And she's like, is she mad? And I'm like, no, she's upstairs reading a comic book. She's just done. Like, she's done. Yeah. But for us, you know, it was, a, it was a good fit for us around how we play because we're kind of free agents in that you don't need to check in with Allison to play with me and vice versa. But I understand while when I'm at a swinger event, why everybody wants to check in with Allison uh-huh. and and they're like, do, do I, should I check in with your wife? And I'm like, oh, I mean, you can, but like we're free agents when we're at play parties and that you even asked to check in makes me want to sleep with you more because <laughs> yeah, you're considerate cool. and respectful. Right. I, so, so it's really about like, like that dialing it in and figuring out what's the good fit and what works for both of you. Yeah, absolutely. I have a question for you, though. For our audience, could you please define how you define yourself as queer and just let everybody know how you came to that yeah. conclusion? Yeah, yeah. So so for me, and, and again, everybody has different definitions. The way that I use the word queer is it's an umbrella term. It's kind of like we're back to music. It's like jazz. Like the question is what kind of jazz? So it's like what kind of queer? For me, I use that term to basically let people know I'm not straight. Um, I I personally am bisexual in that like, or or pansexual might be a better word. Like I just like people, and if I if I like you, I don't really care what's in your pants. Um, I'm I like you as a as as a, this 
entity of a human and I get turned on by penises as much as I get turned on by vulvas. If I had to pick, if I could only be on an island and do one thing, I would eat pussy the rest of my life because that's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> I love it for hours. Um, but like if if there if you have a penis, like I might be into it. Like it's it's really kind of it's it's more it's not hit or miss, but it's more like my attraction and wanting to play with penises is more about chemistry mm -hmm. with the person. Mm -hmm. Whereas for me, I just like vulvas a lot and so like I will just like I like kissing like I love making out with human beings so my desire and turn on includes penises but but not all the time and like I ultimately want everybody to feel comfortable with me when we play so like I'm into whatever people want to be into and I just don't want to make people feel uncomfortable yeah absolutely so you know like those are those things for me when I'm playing with straighter couples like my big question when we're negotiating having a threesome is I'm like, like, so like if we're both fucking your wife and my penis touches your penis, are you going to punch me? Like right. what, what right. do you need to feel safe right. as a dude? Because I want to make sure you feel honored and respected and can not, aren't trapped and stuck in your head. Like I want you to have a great time while we play with your wife. Like what do you need? Mm -hmm. And, and, and that I ask those questions makes people feel so safe. For mostly. Sure. Sure. Like not everybody wants to play with me and I don't always want to play with everybody. But for me, because I have so many different settings around my desire, like I just learned how to ask better questions so that people feel safe with me. And for me I, as well, I mean, everybody in the lifestyle kind of assumes that um, females are bisexual is kind of an assumption that's out there. And so I, I'm not mm -hmm. bisexual in the way that I don't go after women so that I can have sex with them. However, I'm very open to having sex with women when the situation is correct, when it feels right, when I feel yeah. comfortable, when I'm turned on. And so I call myself uh, bisexual and or by comfortable or even um, I don't know by playful and that sort of works for mm -hmm. me and it, people understand that and so that's kind of where a statement that I make and Not, it comes up in conversations yes. when we're meeting other couples sure so so something is really if we can just jump back to the kink piece for a second yeah. something that's really really interesting that's that people who might not be kinky uh, this might help you when playing with people they're in the kink world there is a thing that I've noticed and I've talked to a lot of kinky people about it um, so like some people love spanking so much that that me spanking them is just wonderful because they just love being spanked. Some people for spanking to be a turn on for them, they need the person spanking them to be into spanking. Oh, right. To be turned on. So there's like this reciprocal thing that happens for some people. Um, the closest example I can give to people who aren't kinky is it's the difference between when somebody's blowing you or going down on you. It's just that slight difference when somebody you can feel they just live yeah. to suck yeah. cock. Yeah, exactly. That's or Carol. Live to eat pussy. <laughs> that's right. me. And you're just like, yeah. Wow. And you're just like, oh, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. It's, it's that extra turn on. I think also when we talk about like bisexuality or just being comfortable playing, you know, just being in a group of people, there's a difference and it's not a good or a bad difference. It's just like noting for some people, like for my queer female friends, playing with other women who are just kind of like, you know, oh, I'll play with you because like, I just want to help the whole group have a good time. 
some of my my queer uh, female friends, what they want is they really want to play with people who want to play right. with female bodies, who want to play with with women identified folks. Um, it's not just that you're diddling my nipples because you're your team sport. It's that you're diddling my nipples because you're into tits mm-hmm. and nipples. Like, and and again, like it's not about shaming anybody. It's not about being more evolved. It's just understanding and being able to talk about these things. Like, what's really your turn on? And you know, Reed, and, and, and Reed, how can I help? It's 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 so true because just being swingers, if you're playing with another couple, whether they be female or male, if they're if she's not into me or the guy's not into Carol, you feel it right away. And there's no yep. passion and no emotion, and it's hard to keep a good erection. But if that woman is into you or the guy is into Carol and we're playing next to each other and you feel that energy and that passion, well, the sex is fucking amazing. So, yes, I get it that, you know, uh, you don't want a woman or a guy to be in a situation just because he's taken one for the team or she's taken one for the team. It's got to be good yep. for everybody, yep. whether it's a threesome, a foursome or a morsome. And that's kind of why I really like to say that I am by situational because I don't know if it's going to be good for me, if I'm going to be totally into it, because in some cases... But if you I, are, when you right. do get into it, you've made women squirt. Oh, yeah. Like sometimes that happens um, just naturally for me and other times not at all. So uh, I just want to make sure yeah. that people are not expecting me to be going down on the woman just because I'm a good sport and we're all playing together. Um, so I, I just make a warning that I need to get into this. I need to start and feel what's happening and then go with that energy and see what happens. So I'm glad exactly. you mentioned that. And- yeah. And that you have the words for it, Mm -hmm. like you might be playing with a couple who's never had anyone say it like that before. And you end up being this big aha moment for the couple of like, oh, wait a minute. Like, so we don't have to be into everything. Right. Yeah. And because you give everybody that space and then like, like, because I have one friend who's like, yeah, like I like group sex, but I'm really slow to warm up. So if you want to play with me in groups like just know like i really if we could just all make out for 30 minutes before anybody grabs my you know my uh my genitals that would be great (laughs) yeah right but then it's like so so like but that they the way that they say it it ends up creating all this interesting space for people to be like oh shit like i don't remember the last time i just made out for 30 minutes at an orgy because everybody goes right for the dick, right? Uh-huh. And it's like, so these really cool things happen because people are speaking up for, for what they need. <clears throat> and when you tell people what you need, and sometimes you need to figure it out, you have to discover it. But when you tell people what you need, a lot of people are a lot more open to try things because most human beings, in, in, in my experience, in group situations, they're pretty game to try different things. Every once in a while you get somebody who's like, nope, it's gotta be full swap, it's gotta be this, we gotta start fucking, and then like, every once in a while, like, you'll find another couple who's into the exact same thing, and then, God bless them, let them go have a good time. Right. But most people actually are pretty open to accommodating each other and, and being good partners in crime. Um, but if you don't have the words and you don't have the courage to speak up, then it never happens. And and just thank you, Carol and, and David, too. But like, thank you for having words for it, because when you speak up, you're giving the other people permission that they can speak up to. Mm-hmm. And that 
almost always leads to hotter sex, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this discussion is going on so long and so great. We're really, really happy to have you, but our show is coming to an end. So I think we can end with yep. some final advice. What would you say would be the top three things or two or three things, whatever comes to your mind, that a couple should discuss together before they decide to have a threesome so that they make sure that they're going to have a great time? Yeah. So I would, um, the, the things that I would say beforehand, have a conversation about all the fears you have. So what are all the things that you think could go wrong? And it's not about like creating negative energy. It's like getting all that shit out of your head. So what I do is I'll often, if I'm coaching a couple, I'll be like, so like take a minute, you know, your homework, write down all your worst case scenarios, all the things you're afraid of um, that might happen during the threesome, after the threesome, like just write them down. And then let's all have a conversation about it and just talk about those fears. Get the fears out of your head where they have more strength and will fester. Get them down on paper and then talk about your fears. And then talk about the things you want to have happen. Not just activities, but like how do you want to feel during the threesome? How do you want to feel the day after, a week after? And talk about the things that you want to have happen and then a third thing to talk about is like, what are you actually curious to try? Mm. And those those can be really good places to to um, mine for for things and to talk about like like that's really worthy, a worthy place to dig to mine that material. Um, and whether you decide to have a threesome or not, that conversation with those three pieces can be really powerful for people, whether or not they ever actually have a threesome or not. That's amazing. So I'm going to tell Carol, I was telling her about it the other day. So my fantasy, we're going to Hito um, in a couple of weeks, but my fantasy is for us to have a threesome with the other woman on her back, me fucking her, Carol sitting on her face, and Carol and I making out. Having that passionate kiss while nice. we're both being pleasured. That should be Aww. very nice. Absolutely. And that's how we're going to end this show with my <laughs> fantasy. Reed, thank you so much for being on our show. It was absolutely amazing. Just take a minute now and tell everyone how they can find you online, social media, website. Yep. Uh, social media, almost everywhere. It's Reed About Sex. So it's R-E-I-D, About Sex. My website is readaboutsex.com. Um, there's a bunch of different links we already talked about in the show. And if people are like, you know, you're confused as to what link you're looking for, just email me at read, R-E-I-D, at readaboutsex.com and ask me what you're looking for and I'll point you in the right direction. Wow, thank you so much. We are learning more and more every week with all our fantastic guests and we hope you do too. You can visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com to find out more about all our expert guests. You can even contact them from there if you have any questions about sex, sexuality, and relationships. And remember to sign up on sdc.com if you're looking for an open-minded online community to meet other sexy people and find out where the events are happening near you. Promo code 30314 will give you the first month free. So check it out. And you can join us at Hito 2 We've spoken about it many times during the show, which is a clothing optional resort. It's the world's most iconic playground. It's in Jamaica where you can get as where you can get as mild or as wild as you want. And in uh, September, the 26th to the 3rd, we're going to be there for a triple play event. It's going to be a full hotel takeover. 
And if you're into fitness, kink, or arm candy, not the kind you eat, the kind you fuck, come join us September 26th to October 3rd at Hito 2. And also remember to book Nadia Norlings, the world's largest uh, convention for sexually open-minded couples in the world. That's going July 8th to 12th, 2020. And for more information about these events or any other, uh, anything else, just visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, or you can send us an email at ask at carolyndavid.com. Well, that's it for our show today. Reed Mahalko, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. And a special Have fun th- in Hito. Thank you. And a special thank you to all our listeners. You can join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 